<laughs> All right. This is take two, coach. Yeah. <laughs> I threw a curveball. Messed you up last time. Well, let me go ahead and I'll introduce myself first so you can gather your thoughts. Okay. Uh, so I'm Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Communication, soon to be Genius Al. And I, I do business consulting, social media work mentoring. And like we always say, we like to help people live their best authentic life. No impositions, no you shoulds, tyrannies of the need tos, etc. What about you, coach? You're in transition right now, but you're uh, alive and well today. Yes, alive <laughs> and well today. Absolutely. Greg McNeil, Coach G. Um, I'm excited. I'm getting ready to. Well, as a matter of fact, my doctoral program is already underway. I received my first assignment a couple of days ago. Very good. So I am already um, working on that right now. I'm really excited about that journey and what it means for those that we serve, right? Because as we continue to gain more knowledge, we turn around and then we share that with those that we serve. And so it, what is the expression? A rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. I'm really excited about that journey, what it means for me personally, and then what it means for the collective that I have an opportunity to serve. So I'm really excited about that. Now, yours is a master's program, right? Where you get the Mm -hmm. PhD or is it above that? Yeah. So this is a doctorate. This is the PhD program I'm in right now. I got my master's already. Okay. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, ma'am. Well, we're talking about mastery today. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say a PhD, a doctorate is definitely a mastery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, oh. Joseph's got to join us. Well, Coach, um, I, I wanted to talk about this for the last couple weeks because when I first heard about the cycle of mastery, it really helped me. Like, you know how those things come into your life at the right times? And it was probably, I had first heard it maybe in like 2012, 2013. And then when I was getting ready to launch Genius Communication, I revisited the idea. So I was thinking what I might do is lay out the cycle itself, and then we can dive into uh, what each of those mean if you want and go from there. Okay, Okay. go ahead, Sherry. Okay. Kick kick it. And I don't even know like who came up with it. I can't remember the guy's name, but the person I learned it from is a business consultant named Lance uh, Wallnow. And he, uh, it's funny, like he drew, you know, a diagram that looked like kind of like mountains, you know, with the peaks and the valleys and the bottom, you would say valley, but it feels like a peak is when you Mm -hmm. first start something new. So if it's a business or, you know, an idea that you have, um, an organization, a new job, even anything that is a new transition, you're in what's called unconscious incompetence. But you got a big smile on your face because you're excited, right? You know, this is something new. The brain loves novel. And and so you don't know what you don't know, like you said in the pre-show combo. And that one actually doesn't last very long (laughs) (laughs) because all of a sudden you find yourself in conscious incompetence and that's where you now know that you don't know what the heck you're doing. (laughs) And, And that's actually the most difficult stage and that's where a lot of people quit, which we'll come back to that one. 
And then the third part of the cycle is the conscious competence, because if you last through the second stage, the un, or the conscious incompetence, if you make it through that one, now you start figuring out what you're doing. Things are getting a little bit more comfortable, but you're definitely paying attention, making sure that you're not dropping the ball in any of those areas. And then eventually you get into unconscious competence where now you're just driving the car. You know, it's, you still have to be alert. You still need to keep your skill level up, learn new things to enhance what you're doing, which is important because there's actually a fifth stage where if you don't introduce innovation or some type of change, you'll actually start dying off. So whether it's an organization, whether it's, you know, a relationship, even it doesn't matter. All of these phases are in really life itself. And so, um, when I was getting my, my business model done, I had to learn a lot of stuff. So I kind of knew that I didn't know what I was doing right Mm -hmm. off the bat. And I wasn't probably as excited as if I hadn't known that I didn't know, but I did have a mindset an origin story. And I've talked about it before where when I uh, started working on Genius Communication, that was 2016. Mm -hmm. And I was going to have a business model of solely online course sales. And then I found myself actually doing a lot of local business work, which I love. So it, it went Mm -hmm. a direction that I'm very excited about while I'm still, you know, selling courses as well. But one of the things I had to figure out was Facebook ads. And um, so I, I, you know, took a course, online course from a lady I absolutely love, you know, was very realistic. I didn't expect, you know, $10,000 of overnight sales like some of her customers, you know, because you always pick the, the best customers, the best stories for your testimonials, right? And so I had a very measured optimism. And I had my target market. I felt like it was a really good one. And I launched the ad and it was crickets. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after that, it took me five months to gather the courage to do it again and then Mm. again and then again. And so there was a lot of ego involved. Well, one of the things that came out of that is I realized I expected mastery right off the bat because I felt that the knowledge I had gained was pretty much a guarantee. But also the origin story coach was when I was a kid, I was a straight A student. Um, most of my my school, I was straight A and then I'd have an occasional B. The only C I ever got was stupid geometry and I still don't like geometry. And um, so I expected to be able to do my, you know, air quote schoolwork, right? And then have an A right off the bat. And so Mm. what struck me was even a good origin story tripped me up. Mm. And ego got in there and I was, I felt on the inside, I felt paralyzed. Mm. So all that to say that I knew I didn't know what I was doing to a degree, but when it came to something specific, I had that definite unconscious incompetence. And then when I failed, and I put that in air quotes as well, because failure is merely feedback, but it felt like a failure, like a value statement to me as a person. That was really tough 
But got past that and then continued to work on my business model, continued to work on the, I call it the middle work. That's the conscious incompetence. It's where you now know you don't know what you're doing. And that, I call it Middle Earth uh, after Lord of the Rings, right? No one mm-hmm. knows who you are. Um, you don't know necessarily who you are as far as a business. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to work. And so there's a lot of ifs hanging around in the air and a lot of winds hanging around in the air. But Mm -hmm. if you will persevere through that, you will be successful. It may have some curveballs and some twists and turns you didn't expect. But like you always say, you rise to the level of preparation, right? You do. So anyway, that's kind of why I wanted to go in it, because there might be people that are listening to our podcast that they're in any one of those stages, but especially the middle earth where now, you know, you don't know what you're doing. What do you do there? Plus your brain's freaking out because there's change. Right, right. You know, I think that one of the biggest things that you you've said it twice and being aware of the part that the construct we call the ego plays in what we're doing, right? The feeling comes up. It's like, what is it? Um, Because we really want to get a handle of that, right? Because that can have a huge barrier to the next step we take when it comes to getting information. And, you know, when we start talking about mastery, the first thing that we have to understand is it cannot reside in us in the beginning. We have to learn something from someone else. So you have to be willing to to be a student, right? Yeah. You know, um, and sometimes that information that we learn can come from sources that is unexpected, yeah. right? Um, but being open to it, it's like, okay, so what do we do with that? And then that's going to allow us to go to the next step. Because you, you have to release yourself from this idea that um, if you don't know it, it's a problem. It's a problem if you don't want to learn something that you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. It's like once you find out you don't know, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, what's the next step? I need to learn it. So you have to commit to learning what you discover you don't know. Yeah. And I think, you know, like we talk about a lot in the podcast, it's always internals, you know, the intangibles. And uh, that I I told a lady the other day, I said, if you want to have personal growth, just either get married, have kids or start a business, because either one of those will challenge you to the core. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is true. Exactly. 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 Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> if you, well, and you know, like if you don't want any trouble, just stay in bed all the time. Of course, you'll probably die sooner. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, you know, business to me is like a, it's a marathon, but it's also a, a juggernaut. You know, it's, a, you, there's so many things that happen inside you that, you know, you can have a great product or service, but if you don't deal with the internals, and then have some good, solid core values, you'll actually self-sabotage, you know. And when I look back at the the whole uh, perceived failure, everything, all of the, the preparation, everything I did, it was all internal work. The learning, mm-hmm. you know, the outline of my courses, all that, that was actually easy. Everything else was tied to ego and it dying. And... Um, 
Now, every once in a while, kind of, you know, raise its head a little bit. Like I was in a Dragon Main meeting yesterday and uh, they invited me to be part of their board for next year because I've Mm -hmm. done a really good job with their their stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. I love I love hot rods, you know, and all that stuff and getting mine ready, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, so. Anyway, fast forward, we're in the meeting yesterday, and one of the board members, he said, yeah, he said, the girl that's handling our merchandise, man, she is knocking it out of the park. In fact, you know, I would have to say she's doing as good of a job as Sherry, and I'm all, "Um, (laughs) excuse me, like, maybe just a little, like, under, right, like, right here, like, I'm Uh here, anyway, we were laughing, but, you know, so it comes up every once in a while, but. That, you know, the thing is, is that if I would have stopped coach, I would not have the business that I've got now. Like if I, if I would have stopped, because I use all of that knowledge for my clients today and Mm -hmm. what to post and when to post and all of those things, if I had stopped, uh, I wouldn't be here. And, you know, uh, and maybe you can speak into this coach because one thing that was a mindset of mine is I didn't have a plan B. Mm. My business model, that was it. There, I didn't have, mm-hmm. uh, Genius Communication was going to be my my plan A to get me out of a lot of debt and get me to the life I wanted. So I didn't have any other options. Can you speak into that and how people can maybe cultivate that? So when you said that, the first thing I thought about was the story of this one, <clears throat> um, it's a war story, um, but it, it tells the story of a general who they had a smaller army. And so they had to get in these boats and they had to travel across, they say, like a body of water to engage their adversary, which had a much larger force. Yeah. Well, once they hit land, their leader burned their boat. Alexander the Great, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, but I think it was, you know. Yeah. But the idea is. We're either going home, <laughs> right? Right. right. And, but the one thing about having a plan B, and I have to be really careful the way I like to say this, there's nothing wrong with strategy and preparation. But I think the way I would address what you're saying is you are committed to the, to the dream, to the plan that you want to launch. And because you're committed to it and you believe in it and you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that it is going to be successful, which means that you're going to continue to learn mm-hmm. um, the things that you currently do not know to be successful, right? Yeah. But the other thing that you're doing that I think is really important is that you're removing from your mind the option of quitting. Mm. Because a lot of times this idea when we say, well, if this doesn't work, I'll do that. Well, well, what is your plan B? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that you will hear a lot of people to say, I have one plan. That one plan doesn't mean that I, that I don't know how to pivot. It just means that I have a singular focus on what I'm doing and I don't allow myself to entertain other thoughts because those are the things that start people to drifting. Mm-hmm. Right. They get too much information in their head. And before they realize it, what they really thought they were focusing on is actually starting to slip away from them. That's a good point. It does. Cause uh, what I hear you saying just to make sure uh, is that I 
remove the option of quitting, but I I had to be flexible because again, uh, if I hadn't have been flexible, I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing today. Exactly. You know, if I would have just exactly. stuck with that one aspect of online courses, I wouldn't, even the stuff we're doing, you know, it, I would have been completely blind to the other opportunities. And so you, it's like, you don't have a plan B or yeah, but you're looking for how, I guess what I would say is you're looking for opportunity because like when opportunity comes knocking, if you've prepared yourself, you know, that's, that's it. Like you're not wondering if you should do it. It's like, absolutely. You know, that you're prepared for that new, uh, you know, knock on the door. So it's like, I was flexible in how the, the plan a would come to pass, but I was not flexible in me doing anything else, like getting a job, uh, you know, for the rest of my life, stuff like that. Now I did end up having to get a part-time job, but you know, when I sat down with her, it was like, I will work for you until this is too big. Once this is too big, I'm out of here. And that's exactly what happened. So Mm -hmm. I was willing to go, what would you call that? Like just being flexible. Like I was willing to go with the flow when I needed to, but I always had that one thing in front of me. Exactly. So what you're actually saying is the the goal and the dream and the plan didn't change. Right. What you're talking about is you have to be adaptable and flexible and be willing to evolve so that your plan is going to manifest the way that you desire that it does. Yeah. Right. But you're not entertaining. Well, if this doesn't happen, well, maybe I can go and do this or maybe maybe I could do that. Well, you know, I thought. I was going to go into medical school, but I didn't like physics. So I think my plan B might be going into marketing or something like that. Yeah. And so when you hear people talking about all of the different things they can do because they have all these options, then they find out that they do nothing. What happens right? to the brain coach whenever like you think you have a, um, you know, your set plan, but then you're like, well, you know, if it doesn't work, I can do this. Like to me, it's almost like you're giving your subconscious permission to, to not do it. That's right. It's a lack of conviction. You know, the, regardless of what happens in terms of a business or a corporation at its inception, you have to have a level of conviction about what your intent is with that business. If you, or any aspect of our lives, right? So if we lack conviction, that means then that we are subject to the momentum of past habits. Uh, You are are not going to put into play those structures that are going to help you to keep your, you know, your mind um, directed on the course that it needs to be on, you know, um, that's good. You've heard me say too many words, right? Too many words, too many choices, right? You know, too many ideas, too many opinions, right? Um, And once we start entertaining all of that, then all of a sudden what we actually have is what everybody else is thinking and not what you want, right? And so what you did was you said genius communication and then genius out is where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Everything else that you did in the process is what make them work at a high level. 
Yeah. Well, the genius, Alice, so I can be an S-corp. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? But that's but still, yes. that's your next level, well, right? And when you were talking, you know, the too many words, I was so mums the word. Very few people knew what I was doing. Even mm. Mike, he didn't have any idea um, the the level of what was in my head. And not because I didn't trust him to share it. I just didn't have time for words. All I had time for was to get this thing going. And um, plus, I'm just naturally suspicious anyway. So I'm not going to tell people my business model because I don't want them to take it. It's very rare I'll share what I'm up to. Right. <laughs> like the an app I'm developing, when I was talking to the group of people that would be most impacted by it, they're staring at me like deer caught in headlights because they had no idea what I was up to. And I've been up to it for a year and I'm like, Oh, I didn't tell y'all. And they're like, Mm -hmm. no. And it was so real that I thought I had shared it with them. They had given input. They had no idea, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't need to talk about it. I just need to get to work and get it going. You know, that's really interesting that you, you say that because um, one of the things that I noticed is a shift with me um, in the work that I'm doing right now, um, even though it's a much larger work, um, there is something uniquely personal about it. Yeah. And, and you, you realize after a while that um, it's not a question that you don't share it. It's just one of those things. It's like, you know what? Um, when it's time for someone else to know what you're doing, you know, they're here about it Yeah. because, because in truth, um, only two things are happening in our conversations with other people. I mean, they're either built, we're either edified, built up in that conversation or the reverse is happening. And when the reverse is happening, that means it's all things are possible. Right. Including people trying to poach your ideas, sabotage your thinking or any of those types of things. Right. And so. You know, again, for me, it's like, hey, guess what? This is what you notice about yourself. You're always kind of like moving, but you recognize that you're not just moving. You're actually following your path to your perfected work. You know, that's really good, Coach, because I didn't think about that. I mean, I'm just not wanting anybody to take my idea. Now, now the reality is a lot of people wouldn't know how to even where to start to take my idea. But you're absolutely right. There are things that if I don't want people to discourage, you know, and I'm all about wisdom and listening to wisdom, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to share what you're doing with everybody because a lot of people will tell you, oh, well, there's no way you can do that. You don't have the temperament for it, or you don't have the skill, or you don't have this, or you don't have that. And so then those negative Nancys and negative Nathans, that the only reason they're sitting there pointing at you saying you can't do it is they've never achieved anything in their life, right? So you do have to be careful. It is. And, you know, when you talk about ego, so one of the things that I had to really come to grips with, it got me. Because, you know, um, my, I was doing some research um, and I think I told you about it and I had some intensity behind it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, in the discoveries. And I realized that once for me, that is right. So you do research and you find out useful information that you can use. Once that hits me, I don't hesitate. I, I will pivot right away and go. 
anything that's opposed to that direction, I don't have time for it, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized that it's like, I'm not exactly short with people, but I'm like, hey, look, if you want to do something, I'm going to help you, right, out to the extent that I can. But if you, if I sense even the slightest hesitation, doubt, or the momentum of their past habits, I'm dusting the wind, like the song says, right? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, if I'm staring there talking to the person, I'm getting something into my psyche that really is poisonous to me, right? I like your example about your vehicle, you know, and how I think we talked about last week, how you were like, "Uh uh-uh, that no one buys this vehicle that cares about gas mileage. That's your reality. That ain't my reality. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You know, the, the neighbor comes up and is like, oh my gosh, man, that's an awesome ride and all of that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, it is, it's a great vehicle um, for what it's designed to do. And, uh, and I'm, I got three dogs, you know, you know what yes. my situation is huge, you know, people size. They <laughs> so are. It's like, yeah. And then he's like, well, what about the gas mileage? So I looked at him and I was like, who buys a rose bush and then complains about the rose? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this vehicle gives me everything that I need. It's like gas mileage. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. I liked, though, how you were instant, though, in your, you know, like you were instant, like, uh-uh, I'm not... I'm not taking yeah. that on, right? I'm not taking that on. It's like, I'm going to block that thought right away. That's your thinking. That's not mine. And that's precisely my point, right? It's like, if you're talking to somebody and it's like, hey, you're willing to help them, you give them something to do, and then you find out they don't want to do any research, then it's like, no, we can't talk anymore, right? Because if you're not willing to research, then that means you're going to keep bringing to me or someone that outmoded thinking process that not only lacks success, but it has toxicity. Mm-hmm. What about like, so if you go back to, because I think part of the the conscious incompetence, right, is where you are learning new things. You're like the three to thrive, you know, you're, you're gaining some skill, which means you're putting to practice the mm-hmm. knowledge, right? So you get knowledge, mm-hmm. you're gaining skill, and then you look at personality constraints. Okay, so... What if, though, you know, like you're in the process and you have trusted people that you do consult with and you, you know, hash out some ideas and, you know, almost like research and develop development. Well, when you're talking about, you know, like if you're sharing an idea or you're sharing your thoughts and some research and then if people have questions or because some people are naturally curious like me. When people mm-hmm. are talking to me, it's funny. I wish they could see the inside of my brain. It's like I'm computing, mm-hmm. and then I'm I'm pulling out files. Okay, so this is based <laughs> on my research, or this is based on what I've experienced, or whatever. And so it's like a calculator going on on the inside. You don't want to shut off what other people are sharing in that challenging ideas is necessarily bad because it causes yours to be cemented. So can you like describe, because sometimes people may have opposing ideas that are important. Um, Like whenever I first created my course, um, the one thing I did is I selected, hand selected certain people that I knew would challenge or provide critique that I would need to make it better. So you're Mm -hmm. not saying 
I don't think that you don't hear what other people are saying and allow that to cause you to either get better or go deeper. It's anyone that puts on you their imposition. Like, can you go into that a little bit more? Because it's important to get the feedback. Yeah. So, so let's just say, for instance, we work really closely with each other, right? So we have to be mind melding, right? So this would be an example. So when you say, Hey coach, I got this idea I'm working on. When you're talking to me about that, you're talking to me because you know that what you're going to get back is going to be something that's useful, right? That's usefulness. That's that's right. That's the nature of our work together. So, you know, you know, my accountant, you know, who's also like a business manager for me and stuff like that. So when there's certain things that I'm trying to do and I'm not really, I'm not really sure. And she's like, well, you know what? I think you really need to do this because of it's like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know that. Not only did I didn't know it, but it was like, I didn't know that I didn't know what she was just talking about. So it's like, okay, now the fact that I had these other thoughts in my head when she educated me, I was like, oh, okay, guess what? Then tell me what I need to do. And I would say, when it comes to gaining knowledge, I am always open for every piece of knowledge just going to help me to correct something that I may need to be better at whatever it is that I'm pursuing. It mm-hmm. could be any aspect of the life. So I'm always open to what we call constructive knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. You know, some it's people useful. call it crit- crit- criticism. It's like, you know, just cr- constructive knowledge. If I make a mistake, nobody's really going to criticize me. They're going to just tell me that, you know what, you made a mistake and this is what you need to do. Yeah. That's constructive knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to learn something that you haven't done before. You go to people that have experience doing that. They say you need to do X, Y, and Z. Well, while you're trying to do that, you're making some mistakes. They need to say, well, you need to do this or that. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? That kind of conversation still elevates not only our thinking, but it helps us in terms of achieving that goal. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I'm saying. So we're talking about certain types of conversations with certain types of people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because conversations kill, as the songs say, right? So certain types of conversations are the ones that I'm implying right now. That conversation that, that I need is going to help me to be better. Oh, because I made a mistake. Thank you so much. Yeah. Right. But the kind of conversation, like the one, the example of my vehicle, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that was an unconscious, subconscious subjection, suggestion from this person. Yeah. They weren't thinking about me when they were saying that. Yeah. What they were saying is they were putting something in my head that I needed to think about. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to allow that to be a part of my essence. You know, this is what we mean about watching language because it's almost like somebody puts you under a spell. Yeah. It may sound kind of funny, but when somebody drops a, what you call like a landmine in your head and now all of a sudden you have doubt yeah. about what you could do. And that's really what I'm saying. That's right? good. Know? And I liked the word useful. 
Because mm-hmm. to me, useful means it's full of use. You can take that information. You can even have, you know, a trust but verified type, you know, attitude where it's like, okay, that sounds like something that can be useful. I'm going to dig into that. Like I, I always have like running notes of things that people tell me that, you know, I'll, I'll spend some time researching. So it's not necessarily the idea of not hearing people and possibly taking some things that's uh, beneficial. It's you've got to uh, be aware and discern what type of language is coming at you. Is it something that's useful or is it actually a projection of that person's limited thinking onto you? Exactly. Because anyone, regardless of their area of business or whatever their endeavor is, mm-hmm. if they are successful at it. Mm-hmm. They are, one of their skills is going to be listening mm-hmm. because they're acquiring information. Yeah. Right. And successful people, then they will listen to the things that they need to listen to. And if they're listening, if they're hearing something that they don't think is useful, then it's time to stop that conversation. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's what I mean. But generally speaking, things that are useful, you can tell because you're going to feel it in the body. Like, you ah, feel it in the body. You, you do, even if they're telling you something and it's like, oh man, I've been making some mistakes. They, they're talking to you about something and it's like, oh man, I've been screwing that up. Well, guess what? It's like, but the nature of the conversation allows you to say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for that information. They helped you to make a needed change yeah. that they didn't have without that conversation. But the nature of the conversation is what provided the usefulness of the information. Yeah, that's good, coach. And it can come from anywhere, but you're right. I was trying to think of how to describe it because you can tell when someone shares something with you that you need, it does. It's like, it's almost like being plugged into a, you know, a socket. Like you, it's an instant physical, oh, I needed that. That was good. You know, here's something I want I want to, this is really quick. So I'm practicing at the range probably about a year. Mm-hmm. Doing pretty good, but I got some inconsistencies. Yeah. And, you know, can't really figure out, you know, separate and apart from the fact that I'm shooting on the opposite side and using the opposite eye. Right. One day I'm in the, at the center and I'm speaking to this gentleman. His name is Randall. He's a long distance competition guy. Mm-hmm. And so he says, coach, you know what? You've been doing pretty good. And just based on the way I see these groupings, can we go down and take a look? So we go down and I get in the position that I'm comfortable with. And the first thing he says, because he wears glasses. Okay. And I'm looking, he says, coach, can you see? Uh, I said, kind of. He took a finger and put it over my glasses. I said, over the just the, the rim of my glass where the eyebrow is. Yeah. And I was like, I can't see. And he said, that's it. You need a cheek rest. Oh. And I was like, whoa. And just like that, one year cultivated in that one moment and then everything after that has been bullseye. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's... You know, and now you're in the conscious uh, competence, unconscious competence. Um, I I wanted to, like when I, so when I got past my, you know, ego, 
Uh, I think it was, let's see, Gene, Gene Porter. Um, I did some consulting with him, you know, and he's like, hey, do you do Facebook ads? And I'm like, um, no, but I can. If mm-hmm. I hadn't gotten past that, I would have been like, uh-uh. And then, so like everything that I've done, people have either asked, can you do it? And because I had all that preparation work and air quote failure, because mm-hmm. I had all that feedback, mm-hmm. I was able to say, absolutely, I can do that. Or I've never done that, but I'll figure it out. And that comes from experience because I usually do figure out whatever I need to figure out. Mm-hmm. So I got into, you know, now I'm conscious, competent, and I'm, you know, I have to go over everything really careful that I'm doing with my clients. So that's kind of where you're at, right? It's like you're you're going over, making sure you didn't miss anything. Then if you're not careful in the unconscious competence, you can get careless. And then so, you can quit g- growing. You quit expanding your knowledge and your skill. So you want to be careful with that when you're at the end of the cycle of mastery. Just because I don't think there's actually any such thing as mastery in what we would consider completely done. Because we're human beings. You're always learning and gaining skill and evolving as a person, a business owner, etc. Yeah, I think this is where you have to be reconnected to nature because nature is always pointing out the cyclical nature of life. Yeah. Right. And um, you said it at the beginning, you're, you're always getting better or you are deteriorating. Yep. Right. This really, you know, you never stop learning. um, You never stop growing. And once you get to the point where you think you've done enough, then that's the person that's like, well, probably want to move away from them because um, they're getting ready to make a U-turn right now, right? You know, you don't want to be like Rocky Balboa. I don't know if it was uh, part two, three, or 30, but remember, he got a little got a little soft coach. He had his fancy house and his fancy cars, and it almost cost him his life. You know, he wasn't putting in the hours at the gym, sweat equity or nothing, you know? That's- you don't want to be Rocky. No, you, you don't, you know, you, you have to, I think when we talk about that hunger that we need to have, that's what I was about to say, mm-hmm. you know, like a clear vision. So, and even though that vision can change as you go forward, you still know what you want to do with it. Yeah. So for me, I recognize that um, I move away from private practice in the typical sense because I see something else that needs to be done. But in order for me to do that, right, in order for me to do that, I have to make sure that I'm prepared to keep going. I have five new books that have hit my desk in the last two weeks that I've been reading. Yeah. And that's precisely the point. Mm -hmm. There is no way I can be done. There's too much to learn on the planet and the, you know, Hey, in a minute you think you got it all, then you be, become like the one watchmaker. Right. I think it was, I can't remember which one it was, but maybe it was a switch watch, but there was this one company. They were like, no, we don't want to make watches like that. You, you should have mm. because you turned away from an opportunity. The thing that you turned away from because you thought you had everything set up just fine. 
they ended up overtaking you and now you're out of business. I can't even think of the name of it anymore. I only know the story. <laughs> Blockbuster, Sears, Kmart. These are all examples, coach, of people that got comfortable. And then before you know it, they're shutting down stores and some are shut down completely. Exactly. Exactly. So if we commit to the idea, if we commit to the reality, mm-hmm that we are always required to learn something new because it makes us better. Then when we start talking about unconscious competence, we just accept it. It's like, you know what? I know I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. So the minute I say that, then my subconscious mind has already gone out. And the next thing you know, the person that you run into is going to have what you need, right? They're going to have the next step, which is going to take you to conscious incompetence. It's like, oh, guess what? I knew I didn't know that. Thank you for showing up. And then there's Middle Earth. Now you're in the place of practice. Now you know what you didn't know, and now you're starting to work on it. And now when you get it to the point where it is automatic and it's a part of you at the cellular level, unconscious competence, now we're tying our shoes in the dark. We can close our eyes and we can see the start and the finish of any process that we are engaged in, no matter what level it is, Mm -hmm. from gardening to quantum physics. When you've worked with something that much and it's in you, now you know it. And this is the secret to how we train you, what you and I are doing with people to help them to be better. You need the principles working in your life at the unconscious competence level, because when challenges come, you need to immediately know that your mind is ready to do whatever's next. Like, I need to make another move, right? Make another move. That's a perfect segue into what I was thinking, Coach. But first, I would uh, add that on the unconscious competence, that's when you, the best thing you can do is become a student again. Yeah. You know, that's the best place because then you'll guarantee you'll continue to become better and better. But uh, you talking about what we do with, you know, our work. Um, you know, one of the aspects, of course, is our coaching intensive. And uh, which, by the way, I've got a couple that are interested in the uh, winter one, the the, oh, good. the 2023. But anyway, good. um, you know, we we know our material. But when we started that, that um coaching intensives, uh, we started as a mastermind, right? Right. <laughs> and I remember after the 90 days, we were both like, no, this is what we're <laughs> The material was the same. How we approached it was different. I mean, we did not know what we did not know. You know, like we're, we're thinking, okay, let's get together. The mastermind will introduce principles and tools that never changed. But the level that we wanted to begin at was more of a mastermind thing. And then we're, wait a minute. No, these, these are things where now we need to go into like a coaching intensive uh, type thing to, to be the best service we can be to our clients. So we were actually in unconscious uh, incompetence as far as the execution, but we had the material was definitely uh, unconscious competence. You know what I mean? Well, we, well, what we didn't know was what they were going to bring us, right? right? So once we started talking at this level, we were like, uh, wait a minute, they, wait a minute, wait a minute, 
wait a minute, <laughs> right? So it's like, okay, we can't do this because we're talking right here. And they're like, uh, I got a problem with this over here. Right. And so we recognize it's like, so that's the pivot. That's the adjustment. That's the evolution, right? And one thing uh, that I would do, Coach, is I still, I took notes when you were talking, like even though we... Like even the the second go around with our intensive, I would still take notes. I still learned, you know, it doesn't matter, even though we had to pivot and change things. To me, I approached our intensive as both a student and someone that would share the things that, you know, we had to share. So even there, it's like, I want to learn things too. Like when you said, uh, it was so funny because I'd be like, what? Um, when you said the how is the 1%, Mm-hmm. And I know you, you, you know, we talked about the how a lot, but mm-hmm. when you said that, I was like, oh, oh, now that's good. I'm going to be able to use that. <laughs> you know, and we, we taught the principle, the principle was there, but the way humans mm-hmm. are, which is so amazing is mm-hmm. they will, the brain will just take ideas and throw them out there in different ways that, you know, really stick to other people at times. And so anyway, it was like, you know, I was just kind of chuckling on our intensive because it was like, oh, okay, we need to pivot here or we're not going to be able to give the best, most excellent service to them. That's exactly right. Because they told us what they needed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it had nothing to do with our knowledge. Right. Our knowledge of them as individuals and as a collective, we could not have. Right. right. And once we learned that it was like, okay, we got to change. Yeah. Right. And so, and that is how I would say that anyone is going to succeed. It's like, once something comes to your attention, that says, uh, you need to rectify this, change it, make an adjustment or whatever. That's the point of success right there. It's that's like, good. okay, let me, yeah, we need to redo this. And that's what we did. And it was fun. That's good. right. Yeah. Well, uh, so um, speaking of those that are listening, leave a review. And by the way, those of you that email me or tell me that you listen to the podcast and I don't see your reviews, um, I don't, I don't understand. You know, coach, it's like, get your review in there. (laughs) I appreciate you letting me know how much you love it, but to get us up on the list, we need your review. So you guys know who you are. And uh, please leave us a review. And then also uh, feedback, you know, email. It's all in the show notes, our website. All of that's in there as well. And then um, the coaching intensive will uh, keep you guys up to date on that when we're going to do our next one. You know, one of the things I want to say is um, when we first started this, we started with um, healing business, healing community. Yes, we move into the art of self-change. But for the listener, we're still um, doing the same thing. Yes, we right? are. We are still doing the same thing. So the bigger this gets, the more energy, the more opportunity that we seek to bring into what's happening in Clovis, New Mexico, mm-hmm. right? It's like, 
you know, there's something going on there. There's some work that's going on. When people start looking at where they want to go, they want to know some of the other things that are just happening. They don't want to know how many Walmarts or Starbucks and stuff like that. They want that intangible thing. Do you actually have people in your community that are forward thinking? Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. Healing business, healing community. And we do that by bringing information that helps you to be able to change. You help us in terms by leaving your review because if we have an unconscious incompetence, then the listener through their review can help us to move from that place to another step and our service improves. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, coach. I think that's a great place to end. All right. Then we'll stop right there. (laughs) 